hello and welcome to Seems Like Diet Culture and happy 2023. This is our first podcast of the year. How is everyone feeling so far going into the new year? Personally, I saw a TikTok today that said we are closer to 2050 than we are 1990. And that sent me into a little bit of a mental orbit. I'm not going to lie. I just don't. It's hard to comprehend how that's possible. But regardless of that, I'm feeling strong in January. I'm pushing through the diet culture BS. I've set my intentions that feel good, that don't have to do with my body or food or exercise or any of that BS. And I'm just focusing on what feels good to me. I hope you guys are feeling similar. And if you haven't listened to the episode from last week, that's where I talk about my views on goals and intentions and resolutions and all of that stuff in the new year. And also I give a little diet culture pep talk. But even after making that episode and feeling like, okay, cool, this is going to be helpful, I was hit with this moment of complete overwhelm earlier in this week. I talked about this on my uh, my story. I was going to say Snapchat story. <laughs> Nothing against Snapchat, but I have not put up a Snapchat story in maybe seven years, so I'm not sure why I said that. But anyways, um, I was talking about this on my Instagram story of how I hit this point where I was just feeling so freaking exhausted for all of us, but especially women by how much information is just thrown our way in the new year. It's like there's 10 million diets and workout programs and challenges that are actually very diet culture-y that are trying to be disguised and non-diet culture-y and wellness influencers telling you what to do and all these goals that you need to set. And oh my goodness, it's just too much. And I'm so lucky to be in a place where not only have I had formal education around these topics, but also I'm recovered and in an incredibly good space with my body so I don't feel the pressure around these things. And yet still, I just was feeling overwhelmed by it all. And it just sucks that that's what we have to start the new year with, especially because so many people around you right now may be falling victim to diet culture and feeling the pressures of society and you know, fat phobia and feeling like they need to change their body. And it makes it hard when you're trying to push against diet culture and these negative narratives, and yet you're surrounded by people that are falling victim to it. And it's not their fault. It's not that we're blaming them or saying they're doing something wrong. It's just acknowledging that it can be really hard. And if you're struggling, I'm thinking of you. I'm here for you. You can always shoot me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram is always linked in the show notes. I was talking with so many of you off of the story that I posted on my Instagram. And I hope that makes all of you guys feel less alone in it at the least. On a more positive note, because it is a new year, some of you guys may be new to the podcast. And I'm so excited to have you here. As you may have already seen, this is the place where we talk about nutrition and wellness in a non-diet culture way that focuses on your individual needs and what feels best to you instead of what society tells us. My name is Mallory Page and I'm your host because I always forget to introduce myself and I'm also a registered dietitian, so I'll share my professional opinion, but I also share the opinion of other professionals. I talk about research and the science behind things. I pull for your guys' experiences and opinions and all that good stuff. All right, 
This intro was already much longer than I was planning for it to be, but I just felt like we needed to talk a little bit about the whole new year, new you mindset that's been going on. The last thing I just want to quickly say is that Live Unrestricted, we have a round starting January 24th and pre-sale pricing ends today. I'll extend it until Sunday for my podcast listeners because I love you guys. And there are all the details linked below. But if you like the concept of this podcast and you're struggling to do that personally in your life, you're feeling stuck of finding that balance that works for you and not falling victim to the trends and feeling like you need to eat a certain way or exercise a certain way, then you definitely want to check it out. And please DM me with any questions. Now, without further ado, let's get into this week's topic, which is dry January. I was actually going to discuss Almond Moms today, which is going to be coming next week now, but then I thought about how much content I've been seeing around dry January, and I figured that it'd be good to have a conversation around it because I think that the conversation is really complex and really layered, and it makes it really hard to know what works for you when talking about alcohol. Now, the entire conversation around alcohol in general in regards to disordered eating, but even just overall, is one that is going to be different for every single person. It is extremely complicated, and none of what I am saying today is medical advice. If you are struggling with alcoholism or if you feel like you potentially could be, Please do not take this episode or this advice and apply it directly to yourself. This is something that I am not an expert in specifically. I am not a therapist. I am not someone that has dealt with addiction issues to an extreme. And I just really want to make sure that this episode content is not misconstrued. But I feel like when we continually shy away from these topics, we don't allow for the conversations that need to happen for those that are confused or struggling or don't know how to go about something in a non-restrictive way. So there's my disclaimer. Now let's talk about where the heck dry January came from. So I actually thought this was really interesting. Dry January started as a public health campaign introduced by Alcohol Change UK in 2013. And the campaign, as they started it, urged people to refrain from alcohol consumption for the month of January. But the idea of zero booze in January was actually born back in 1942 when the Finnish Finnish government launched a campaign called Sober January And it was a part of the war efforts going against the Soviet Union. So I just thought that was really interesting. I I did not know that before going into this episode. Now, in 2014, Alcohol Change UK trademarked the name Jai January. And that was when it really started to grow in popularity. They speak to the benefits that it can have on your body, the benefits it can have on your mind, And I'm sure many of you guys have heard of all of those things before, the benefits of not drinking alcohol or refraining from having it for periods of time. I'm not really going to go into the whole conversation on alcohol and whether or not you should be drinking it and the science behind it and all of that stuff because 
It's just not really my intent in making this episode, I'm trying to talk about a bigger picture of dry January. So if you're looking for that, just know that it's not going to be coming up in this specific podcast, but I know there are definitely ones out there that will discuss that more in depth. Now, what I feel like I've been seeing in terms of dry January in the new year is that so many people are doing it. I feel like I see it on my TikTok for you page and on my Instagram stories and even just in my life. But you know how your for you page and all of those algorithms really feed you what you're already looking at. So oftentimes I question, eh, maybe not everybody is doing it because I'm just the one that's seeing that so much since I'm already interested in that content. So I wanted to look up a stat and see how many people actually did it. And funny enough, CGA, which is a company that researches the food and drink market, did poll in 2022, and they found that 35% of U.S. adults actually did dry January, which I thought was a pretty significant amount overall, you know, over a third of Americans. That also was up from 2019, where 21% of people adults in America, I should say, participate in the study. So it's definitely a significant amount, but it's still not the majority, which is just something to keep in mind as you think about what you're personally seeing. And if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, every single person is doing this and every single person is completing it. And if I'm not doing it exactly like they're doing it, I'm failing. There's tons of people that are doing tons of different things. So just don't keep that pressure. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Now, to get into the discussion piece on dry January, to be a little bit vulnerable, I have alcoholism in my family. I have members of my family that are completely sober. I have members of my family that still struggle with their relationship with alcohol. I personally have had times in my life, especially in college, where I did not feel like I had a healthy relationship with alcohol. I've also had times in my life where I haven't drank alcohol at all for extended periods of time. And I have seen firsthand not only the negative effects that alcohol can have on myself personally or on other people or on people that are involved with people that struggle drinking, but also the positive effects that taking a break from drinking, whether that be indefinitely because you are an alcoholic and are now recovered or in recovery, as they say, or just for a period of time to help to reset your relationship with alcohol and get back in tune with what feels good, can have. And I 1000% wholeheartedly believe that if you feel like dry January is calling to you, maybe because you're struggling with your relationship with alcohol or just because you feel like you really need to get back in tune with what is going to be the best for you or literally anything else where you are feeling called to doing dry January and it doesn't feel stressful. Well, it may still feel stressful. I guess what I'm trying to say is where it feels like it makes sense for you and you know that in your gut please do it. This is not the podcast where you will find me suggesting against doing dry January, where I will say that not drinking alcohol is restrictive. It's not any of those things. And I actually think that a challenge like this can be truly incredible for the right person 
and can make such an impact on someone's life. And I'm so grateful that something like this has been popularized because we need more promotion of taking breaks and being mindful of alcohol consumption because it is really important for so many different reasons. So I just want to start off with that and commend the people that have decided to join in on this challenge that know they need it and just even the people that really speak to the benefits of their sober life or periods of sober life or any of those things. I know that taking periods of being sober has helped me before in getting to the really healthy relationship with alcohol that I have now, and I am so incredibly grateful for it. Now, I also want to speak to those of you that may be looking on all of your platforms or talking to people in person and feeling a little bit misaligned with the extremity of dry January. Not that it is extreme in general, because for the right person, it's not extreme, it's what they need. But for you, it may feel a little extreme or it may not feel like it's fitting into your lifestyle for this month. Let me give some examples. Let's say that you are in eating disorder recovery and you have restricted everything your entire life. And not necessarily that you have to implement alcohol, but something that you're trying to work on at the least is being able to say yes to more things, being spontaneous. Maybe you wanted to be able to experiment with having some of those things that you felt like you restricted. Dry January in that occasion may not feel like it's aligned to you. Another example could be that you have your wedding in January. And of course, you could be doing dry January at your wedding if that feels right to you, but maybe you don't want to. And maybe you want to do it a lot of the other days of that month. Maybe other than that in January, you really want to be a part of being more mindful about your alcohol consumption, but you just don't want to on that day. Maybe in that circumstance, you're feeling a little bit confused on how to go about it. Is it worth it to do dry January or is it not? Another example could be that you just know about yourself that you struggle whenever you restrict something to an extreme. Maybe you feel like currently you actually have a very balanced relationship with alcohol, but whenever you've tried to do a challenge like this where you either drink nothing or if you've ever found yourself in a time where you were drinking too often, it creates a challenge for you and throws you off your kilter. Now, those are completely random examples that may not pertain to you or maybe they do. You know best what scenario you're in right now, but I want to encourage you that dry January doesn't just have to be drinking no alcohol at all. The spirit of dry January, not only in how it started, but even how it is now and how I see most creators and people talk about it is to just reduce the amount of alcohol that you're drinking or at least start drinking in a way that feels better to you. And I feel like sometimes the issue with challenges is that 
people feel so overwhelmed by the idea that it has to be zero or a hundred that it makes them feel like they don't even want to start. And when we have that feeling, it can be such a bummer because it prevents us from doing something that could be really, really beneficial to us. So you could take the person that looks at dry January and says, oh no, I could never do 30 days without alcohol because I have my wedding, for example. And they don't do dry January. Instead, they just say F it. But what if instead they thought, oh, you know what? I am going to be mindful of my alcohol consumption in January and reduce it as much as I can, but still I'm going to be flexible on that day, my wedding, a birthday, whatever else it is. You would know what that looks like for you. That is so much better than just throwing something out the window because we feel like we can't complete every single day to its entirety. On the same token, If there is someone that recognizes that they can have a tendency towards the extremes or struggles with restriction and they know about themselves with where they're at in their relationship with alcohol, that if they were to do dry January, it could lead them to not feeling mentally well, like overall putting them under a lot of stress in a specific way or recognizing that in February, they may tend towards overdoing it rather than just overall being more balanced in general throughout both of those months. It's more helpful for them to have this idea that they can truly have flexibility within dry January and just focus on reduction and steps that make sense for them personally. So I really hope that this message is clear and I don't confuse anyone with what I'm saying or deter anyone from doing dry January if it makes sense. This is just speaking to those people out there that may struggle with challenges or restricting themselves indefinitely from something. To be 100% honest, as someone that went through an eating disorder, I don't like doing any type of challenge or following any type of plan or just anything where I'm completely restricting something because flexibility is just really important for me in terms of staying in my recovered lifestyle. And that's just what I found works for me. So I would never personally put the boundary on myself of you cannot drink at all in January. I could very well focus on reducing alcohol and end up not drinking in January if I don't have any events or things that I feel like it makes sense to do. But it's just that mindset shift of not putting that pressure on myself because I know that I can go to the extreme and something like that can just trigger my brain to feel like, oh, well, should I still drink or should I not drink at all? And it just goes into a whole thing. And that's just something I know about myself. So my whole hope with this podcast is to be able to really look at you and what's going to help you to feel your best in this new year rather than feeling like you just have to follow something to a T exactly how other people are doing it. It's always important to think about you. I know that when I say thinking about you and also even drinking in a way that you know works for you, that could be a little bit unclear depending on where you're at with your relationship with yourself and your body. I am very intuitive with the things that I do, so I find it 
simple or not simple, but it's for me something it's accessible to think about the different reasons why I may be drinking or not drinking and listening to my body. But I know that everyone's at a different place with that. So there is a creator that I wanted to read off her tips for a damp lifestyle, but even just at least in January, how you could go about doing a dry January, depending on what worked best for you. And I really like her content. She talks a lot about damp lifestyle. I will link her uh, TikTok below because that's mostly where she talks about it. But here are her different ideas for damp lifestyle habits that you can implement in 2023. So her list starts with the start small stuff. And this says starting with a mocktail as you're getting ready drink. The second one says water between each drink. Third one is adding a low um, ABV option. So instead of having something like a hard alcohol, doing a lower one. Walking into environments sober without drinking to build confidence. And then she has bigger changes. Sorry, I'm trying to get... There we go. She moved out of the way for like one second in this video. So I was trying to get the screenshot and I just could not get it exactly where it was. So bigger changes that she talks about are no shots no harder alcohol, always sticking to the same alcohol in a night, and then having at least one Cinderella night a week, which from what I've gathered in the comments, that basically means having a night, getting home before 12 p.m. So I just really liked those unique ideas that she started with. She's a huge proponent of damp lifestyle, so I would definitely go check out her content if you're just more interested in this in general. I've said this so many times, but as my last disclaimer, I am in no ways speaking against 75 hard. I just wanted to present information for those of you that may be struggling with the idea of what that looks like for you, but still really want to focus on feeling your best and being more mindful around alcohol. I hope this was helpful. If you have any feedback, questions, anything, please let me know if this was helpful to you and supportive. I would appreciate so much if you shared with someone, rated or reviewed the podcast on Spotify or iTunes, and I truly cannot wait for the rest of this year on this podcast with you guys. Talk with you guys soon.